This is a production of the Z Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Dimland Radio on the Z-Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I'm not really a doctor. I just play doctor online. And it's been a week. <laughs> it's been, actually, it's been a month. Uh, I've been busy. Uh, just, I've worked 20, well, after tomorrow, Saturday, uh, which is earlier today, if you listen to this show on Saturday, the uh, 2nd of uh, September, when it plays at 11 o'clock. So, if you're listening then. If you're listening to this as a podcast, who knows when you're listening to it. But, uh, Saturday, it will be... Uh, I won't work a lot, uh, long, like two, three hours maybe. But... Uh, I will have worked 27 days in a row. <laughs> 27 days in a row. I've worked the last three Sundays. Uh, the, the company I work for is a janitorial service. I do the office management uh, during the day, 9 to 5, Monday to Friday. But I also clean a couple buildings a couple nights a week, check on buildings one night a week. Sometimes I pitch in on the other two nights of the week where I don't normally work, Wednesday, Thursday. Sometimes I pitch in there, and it's, it's yes, it's been something. And then on Saturdays, I head to the comic book store, uh, Nostalgia Zone, over there in Minneapolis, and uh, bring in a box of comic books that I had taken home the week before to enter into the online catalog, and I bring them back to the store on Saturdays and put them in the boxes and shelves where they belong. Then I get another box worth of about 150 comic books in a, in a box that I take home and put those online in our online catalog and then the next Saturday bring them back. So I've been doing that, but then the last three Sundays we've had this project of cleaning up a building which we are losing. <laughs> it's it's kind of, well, really? we got to go through all this and we're losing the building. Well, the thing is, it's a company that's just being... Uh, some of it's being moved, I think, to Indiana, and it's a big Fortune 50 company. I think it's I've been hearing, and it they are you know, they're just shutting down this this particular part of it, and so um, the company is still they still are under lease in the building until 2019, like March of 2019 or something. But they want to see if they can get out of the lease early. And part of being able to do that, they wanted to make sure that they had the building as, as clean as possible before you know, handing the keys back to the owners of the building. 
So the last three weekends we've been uh, doing a lot of work. The first Sunday we cleaned carpets. Uh, I did about uh, I put in 14 hours that day, and about 12 of it straight doing carpets, just pretty much just cleaning carpets. Uh, yeah, and then the next weekend I went in. I wasn't scheduled to go in that Sunday, but the customer said, eh, "Some areas, can you touch up some areas?" Because but we had other work to do in there, so. I figured, well, I'll go do the touch-ups while the other guys do the whatever they're doing, and then I'll help pitch in with them. Okay, fine. And then the next Sunday, which was last Sunday, it's us cleaning up some floors that are tile floors or painted floor, where we weren't going to wax it or anything, but we just clean it, get in, as, scrubbing it up as clean as we could. And it was a, it's a warehouse floor, so it was huge. <laughs> I put about six hours that time. I think I put in six hours the the Sunday before. So it's just been. A lot of work and uh, so then well Sunday I won't have to do any work and Monday's Labor Day so I won't have to work there either so I probably have to cut the grass but that's no problem so I'm tired and then then there was last night Thursday I record these shows on Friday nights I'm sure you know that I probably mention it almost every week maybe it's getting a little annoying but uh, sorry um, my son is heading into high school. He's going to be a freshman. And there was a freshman welcome night. Uh, welcome to the parents and welcome to, to the kids, to the school. And so we went and we, we threw the kid in a room somewhere with a bunch of other freshmen. Which again, I'm just... It's the varying physical maturity. It's, it's still... You know, some of them look like they're ready to graduate high school, not start it. And some of them look like they're ready to start the 6th the grade, not the ninth grade. You know, it's just it's interesting how it goes. Hayden is somewhere in the middle, eh, closer to the younger looking. But he's, he's beginning to show signs of, of uh, shooting up there. And uh, anyway, then the parents went into the auditorium and... I had listened to a present, you know, everybody kind of, kind of a loose, not, it wasn't too heavy. It was just given some of the rundown, introducing some of the, you know, the counselors for the freshman class and the parent-teacher student association people and the principal and, and all that. So, and then some questions and answers and, and then just go out and mill about and have some cookies and lemonade, that kind of thing. And there was one thing I noticed, and I don't know, maybe it's just me, maybe it's just the way I perceive things. But have you noticed that um, if you're sitting in an auditorium and you have, you know, there's people up front. Now, they, they weren't on the stage. They were standing on the floor in front of the stage. They weren't, they weren't up on the stage. Um, and I, it, it, there's, there's something weird because I would look at them and I would think uh, that they were fairly tall. These are fairly tall people. It's just, I don't know why. I'm sitting in the seat a few rows back with Amy, and uh, we're just, uh, just I think, look kind of tall. And there's a woman that came in to do sign language for some um, deaf and hear hearing impaired folks that were sitting down front. So she's doing the sign language, but when she stood up, I thought, she seems quite tall, uh, like that. And then as we all dispersed out to the lobby, she was standing out by the door, and I went by and I said, huh, ah, she ain't that tall at all. <laughs> I'm taller than she is. <laughs> it's... I don't know what it is. Maybe the stage being there. Maybe the... I don't know. Maybe, I, I, I don't know what it is. It's just, to me, they looked taller than they are. And then when you got there and stood with them, you realized, ah, they're shrimps. 
<laughs> I tower over them. I may not be six foot five, but uh, actually I'm six foot and a quarter inch in my socks. But you'll probably never see me just wearing my socks. I'll have my shoes on. So then I'm about six one. Okay, that's just giving you a little info about me, which is what I do a lot on this show. Uh, so uh, we finished that up. It was fine, and Hayden got to hang out with a couple of his friends. We were, we were a little worried because he didn't do much. He, you know, it's just like last summer. Didn't really hang out with any friends. Just didn't at all. Just hung out here at home and seemed content to do that, chat with his friends online. But, okay, well, we're okay. But uh, he was hanging out with them, and we didn't want to impede. Uh, so, anyway, uh, we're leaving. Now, the janitor job that I work at, one of our customers called and asked if we could set up having somebody come in to, there's just two restrooms in there, there's more than that, but uh, two restrooms in particular that get used uh, during the evening because they have a night shift that's on till midnight. So they were asking if we could set up somebody that could come in before 9 in the morning and straighten up the restrooms, you know, clean them up if they need it, mop it if they need it, and fill the supplies. And it really would only take somebody maybe a half hour tops, maybe an hour if they're really meticulous, but they don't really have to be. And we pay them for two hours. And we did that last fall for a couple of months. And, and I was trying to get a hold of the gal that did that for us, but I uh, couldn't get a hold of her. She hasn't called me back. And I thought, hmm, my wife maybe could do this. Because, see, she's probably going to want to drive Hayden to school in the mornings, not make him take the bus. Well, you know, he... Hmm. I kind of want them to, but okay. But if she's going to drive them, on the way back, she's going to go right past or very near this this building. So I thought, okay, we're doing this little uh, thing at the at the school. And I figured when that's done, I'll just swing by and I'll show you. Well, that's where the building is. It's not that it's not that far off. So I did that, drive over, and uh, show it to her. There it is. He says, I gotta clean all that. I said, No. <laughs> it's just two restrooms and I think and a little bit of a lunchroom, uh, just straightening up the counter and the sink. Because they they'll the morning guys will come in and have coffee or, or the late guys will have had coffee and just clean just straighten it up. Well <clears throat> I've been in the building a few times and and the building with across the street that we clean, I've been in that a few times. And as I leave and head, now the name of the street that we get to is West Seventh Street, uh, and that's about all the identifiers I'm going to give you. But at one point on West Seventh Street, you want to turn to get onto an entrance ramp that will take you down and around onto uh, uh, on an interstate, and so we take that going north to head home. The turn from West 7th Street is just, it's 90 degrees. It's just a 90 degree turn and there is a little bit of a median, a little bit of a sidewalk corner curb thing right there. And I've in the past have had uh, near misses on that because as you're because as I'm making that turn, I'm making sure that oncoming traffic that goes straight through, and then there's traffic that turns also merges on to that entrance ramp. So I want to prepare so that you know I don't crash into any cars. And I, like I said, I've had a couple close calls with that curb. Well, last night it wasn't a close call, not at all. I had a direct hit. Oh boy, tire just boom 
just hit it. Now, I was with Amy and Hayden in the car, and Amy was thinking to herself, he has to see that. He has to see that. He does see that. Don't you, doesn't he see that? And she's not saying anything, and then all of a sudden she says, Jim, and then bang, I hit it. And I pulled over right away on the entrance ramp, but I got over as far as I could. And we look at the tire, and there's, it's blown out. Well, we don't have a spare. Why don't you have a spare, Jim? Why would you not have a spare? Well, I'll tell you why we wouldn't have a spare. Because... Because the newer cars quite often don't have spares. They have a little kit in there. I think it's a it's an air compressor that you can hook up to your you know the car battery you know through the little jack in the inside that used to be a cigarette lighter, but to, to plug in the cigarette lighter. But now we use it to plug in chargers for our cell phones and such. And I think that's what they got. And the reason they do that is because, well, they're trying to meet certain mileage standards and uh, pollution standards and all that, and uh, the lighter the car is. So a spare, even one of those little temporary ones, would add a little bit of weight. So they want to cut back in that. That's what I've been told, anyway. And I think that sounds plausible. If I'm wrong, let me know. Email me at drdim at dimland.com. And by the way, subscribe on iTunes. You can follow me on Podbean, and if you like the show, give me a good rating and a, and a good review, and maybe suggest to somebody else you might think likes the show, would like the show. Well then, uh, so I got no spare, and and the little kit isn't going to help me anyway, because there's just a big hole in the side of the tire. I blew out the tire. Fortunately, it didn't do anything else thing wrong to it. At least uh, well, a little scuff on the rim of the of the tire, but seems to be okay. At least uh, it seems Amy was driving it today, and it seems okay. Because, well, here's what happened. Uh, well, I got on the phone, and I called our insurance. We have roadside assistance, so uh, we did have coverage for a tow. So we get that set up. Now, this... The, the, the bump of the curb took place just after 9 o'clock or so. So I get on the phone with the insurance guys, and I'm on the phone for about 25 minutes going through all this stuff and getting it whatever. And during the conversation, they said, um, how many people are with you? And I said, well, there's, there's me, and there's my wife and my son, so there's three of us. And he, she, he said, uh, well, most tow services, they might take two, but probably just one if you have to go for a ride with that. So I thought, oh great, got to figure out a ride for for two of these people, and uh, and so I, well I figured I'd call my dad, and I, I know it's just, it's like you know dad to the rescue I know, Amy was a little reluctant on that idea she said why don't we just call a captain no I'll just I'll just call my dad, he'll help he'll, he likes to do help but she, you know, and she reminded me you know he's older it's probably doesn't see well at night, so I. I called him up, and I gave him directions, and I thought I was fairly explicit on the directions, or fairly uh, thorough in the directions. But uh, I says, okay, I'm on my way, he says. And it's taking a while. The tow guy calls, and he says, well, you know, I'm going to be a while before I get there, maybe 45 minutes. Uh, it's it's going to take a while, because I'm over in Minneapolis. He says, uh, you know, um, do you have a ride? Well, I said, I do have a ride coming. He said, well, good, that'll help out. And he, I, I said, but I, you know, he said, I could take you, but I, I can't, you know, the other people. And I said, okay. And then he says, uh, um, uh, what you could do, 
if your ride gets there before I get there, is you can put your key under the mat on the driver's side inside the car. Of course, I'd have to leave the car open. And I just, I didn't like that idea. I thought, I, I just leave the car here? Just sitting here? <laughs> now, I will tell you, and I will be very honest with you, I was trying my damnedest to stay calm. And it wasn't, it wasn't easy. And Amy was trying to stay calm. And Hayden was being quiet, and he was trying to keep us calm. And we weren't yelling at each other. But at first, Amy was like, what were you doing? Why didn't you see that? Why didn't you know, it's like that. But that's, that's to be expected. And I, it just, there were moments where I, I, I just, I, well, first I felt really stupid. Because I knew that that curb was a problem. So why didn't I pay attention? Uh, again, I was looking at oncoming traffic, so I was trying to make sure I was clear there, but I didn't have that. You really have to get into the proper position to make that turn. And so now I'm figuring, okay, if if the if my dad gets here before the tow gets here, well, then what are we going to do? I don't want to leave the car. So I'm having that, and it's just... And, um, well, I'll have more of this. I'm going to take a break. I have more of this story. Uh, so uh, let me get this set up. Uh, you're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. I shall return after this break with a little more of last night's misadventures. Oh, let me tell you, it was something. But uh, I'll be back uh, shortly after this uh, heavy breathing. <laughs> Did you see that UFO sighting that made the news? What did that latest study about alternative treatments really say? Is this photo making the rounds real or a hoax? Delphal News is a unique website featuring news about pseudoscience, the paranormal, anomalies, and questionable claims framed with a skeptical view. Come visit doubtfulnews.com every day for news about cryptozoology, conspiracies, shams, scams, and more. Follow us on Twitter at Doubtful News. Critical thinking is essential in assessing today's news. Doubtful News helps you decide, can you really believe this stuff? When, oh when, will someone design an exploding head emoticon? Please, someone, anyone. You're listening to Dimland Radio on ZTalk Radio Network. Outbreaks of whooping cough, or pertussis, are happening across the United States. This serious respiratory disease can be deadly for babies. By getting the whooping cough vaccine, called Tdap, during the third trimester of each pregnancy, women can pass antibodies to their babies to help protect them until they're old enough to receive their own vaccine. Learn more at cdc.gov slash pertussis slash pregnant. That's pertussis, P-E-R-T-U-S-S-I-S. 
You're listening to Z Talk Radio, the number one choice for music, sports, news, and talk radio. So keep that dial locked to ztalkradio.com. Welcome back to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. So, there we are, waiting for my dad to get there, waiting for the tow truck. I'm very close to going into a panic attack, but I, I did manage to keep it mostly together. And it seems to be taking an awful long time for dad to get down there. I figured 20 minutes. It's taking longer than that. Where's Dad? He knows this city like the back of his hand. Where's Dad? And he doesn't have a cell phone. They used to, but I don't know. They decided to screw that. We don't need no damn cell phones. We're in our 80s. What do 80-year-olds what need with, with cell phones? Well... Finally, it, it just seemed like this is really taking him a long time. So I decided, well, I better I'll call home, and uh, hoping that maybe he'd say if he figured I'm not finding these guys, I better go back home because they'll call. That's what I figured. So I call home. And my mom answers, and I said, you know, did Dad leave? Did he, you know, leave? Did he leave? Yeah, I, you know, Mom wasn't. She was slightly confused. Yeah, he was gonna come pick us up, and she said, "Well, I don't know." She looks out. She looks outside, and she said, "Yeah, he did go out." And she looks out to the backyard, and she sees uh, in the driveway th that their car is parked there. And Dad walks in. The house. Well, your father just walked in, <laughs> and she says, "I'm on with Jim. He's uh, he's wondering where you are." Well, I'm wondering where he is. <laughs> and so he gets on the phone with me, and he says, "I was downtown St. Paul. I went down East Seventh." He went to East Seventh, not West Seventh. I said, "Dad, West Seventh. And then we, you know, a couple other little hints. And he said, "Oh, I know exactly where you are. All right, all right, I'll come and get you." But we had a little. Amy was saying, "Don't make your dad come down here while I'm on the phone talking to Dad. Don't." She's talking to me. My dad's talking to me, and I'm feeling that close to just screaming and running crazy through the streets. And and. <laughs> Uh, and I said, I just tell Amy, and I just kind of said to both of them, just, just stop it, <laughs> something like that. And then my dad said, well, would you want me to pick you up or not? <laughs> I said, uh, yeah, 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 you know, because it's my dad. <laughs> and and you know, and Amy was, you know, understandably a little upset by being told to stop it. <laughs> she was, and it's understandable. And and we'd been waiting there for quite a while at that point. And and so Dad says, All right, I'm on my way. So he leaves, and just about two or three minutes after he leaves, I see the I can see the southbound direction of the of the interstate that we're gonna get to. We're gonna go on the northbound section, and I see it backing up and I went, Shit Today's the day that all the sports happened in the Twin Cities. The Twins played in the afternoon, but the game was done by, done by three, so it wouldn't have been that big of a deal for 
you know, for the eve for nighttime, you know, for, for after nine o'clock at night. But the Vikings are playing. The St. Paul Saints were playing. You know, so the Vikings are playing in Minneapolis. The St. Paul Saints were playing. It, that's our minor league team. They're playing in St. Paul, and the the Minnesota Gophers football team. They were playing in Minneapolis. So it's like, oh man, you know, I was looking just earlier that day. I was looking at somebody posting something about it, saying, "All oh, yay, sports is going to interrupt our traffic tonight." And I thought, well, it's not going to affect me. <laughs> well, it kind of inter indirectly did. But, well, um, Dad finally shows up. And he says, yeah. And then he, so he pulls in behind us, and Amy and Hayden hop in the car. And now I'm trying to decide. Because I was hoping the tow truck and Dad would get there at the same time. Uh, but no, it's just there. And I'm standing, I'm like, ah. And Amy knows... It's just you know, she says to me, Jim, just get in the car. Let's go home. Let's just go home. Just, it'll be fine. So I, I listened to my wife finally, <laughs> and I put the key under the mat, and I got in the car and we took and we we took off. I said, Dad, let's just let's go home. And we had you know talked a little bit about stuff on the way back, and Dad was telling me how poorly the Vikings were doing in the in their final preseason game. Well, it's preseason doesn't really matter, but I don't have high hopes for this. They didn't look very impressive through the through the preseason, uh, but anyway, not that I paid much attention. And it's, and it's football. It's not baseball. Baseball's still important, and the Twins are doing okay. Although I'm not sure if they've won tonight. They were they were run down in the uh, in the bottom of the ninth. So we'll see. Anyway, we get home now. Now before Dad got there, finally, I kept calling the tow guy, because I had his number. I kept calling him, and he kept going to his voicemail, and his voicemail was full, so he, he, I couldn't leave a message. And I wanted to call him because I said, you know, because uh, it, it, it's taking a while for my dad to get here, so I might still be waiting here for you. So you might need to take one person to this place. So I you know, just wanted you to know. I just didn't want to spring it on him. But Amy was wise, and she said, you know, when she was convincing me to just take the ride home, she said... He might think if we're leaving the car here, that it's just going to be. Uh, he's not going to hurry here, so you know you might be sitting on here for another hour or two hours. Who knows? So I didn't. You know, but he had promised that he would call me once he got the car and got it over to where he was taking it. He told me, "So look, we do this all the time. People put their key in. We we hook it up. We bring it down. We put the key in the Dropbox. Do it all the time. Says you can trust me. We're a trustworthy company. You know that kind of stuff." Uh, so okay, so we got home and I'm keyed up, and I, Amy and I both apologize to each other, and we apologize to Hayden. This is like I'm sorry, honey. It's understandable. You're right. I should have just listened to you. And then, and then she said, I'm sorry. I got mad at you. And you know, but I said, look, if the situation was what it was, and we're both kind of keyed up, and we're still, you know, and I'm feeling stupid for having done what I did. And then um, at midnight, I still hadn't heard from the guy. Now we got home. At just about 11. And Dad had come get to get us, it was like quarter to 11. So for nearly two hours, we were waiting uh, at the side of the road. And uh, we hadn't gotten home till about 11. So Amy and Hayden just head right to bed. And I sit down and start doing some comic books just to try to calm me down. 
And at midnight, he still hadn't called, so I called one more time, and I got a hold of him. He answers, and he said, "Oh, I'm glad you called because I couldn't find your your number." And uh, and and he said, "I just got finished dropping off the the your vehicle at the place, and I'm on my way to my next call." And he said, "You know, we kind of chatted just a little bit." And he said, "You know, it sounds like that uh, uh, that I got there just after you guys left." And I says, oh, "Really?" And my dad told me the next day he stopped by. He says, uh, "Stop at the office," and he said, "You know, I was almost going to suggest that maybe let's just sit tight for you know ten minutes or so, and maybe he'll get there." So he probably did get there about 10 or 15 minutes after we left. All right, so this morning I go over to the tire place that the guy dropped the vehicle at, and I set up getting new tires. I was going to be getting new tires anyway. We were waiting for our property tax refund to come, and I was going to get new tires anyway, but uh, this kind of forced the issue. So so we got new tires on it, and I'll see, make sure that there's no other kind of damage that maybe we didn't notice, but uh, the tire people didn't notice anything. And, uh, we'll just see, but uh, <laughs> all that just, just you know, it's just this, 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 that two-hour ordeal to just show Amy a building. If I had just gone home, <laughs> sorry about that, I smacked something. If I had just gone home, it'd have been fine. Okay. Uh, and it's been a week. Let me tell you, it's been a week. It's been a week for the Minnesota skeptics and for other people. Um, Tuesday morning, there was uh, uh, Craig, uh, a friend of mine, a uh, listener to this show. <laughs> There's no accounting for taste. Oh, hang on. Before I even get to that, I was going to do this first off when I started. Before I forget, before I can't forget another week in a row. Uh, I have been a guest on two podcasts recently. Uh, I mentioned one two or three weeks ago. It's called The Assault of the Two-Headed Space Mules, and it's, and it's, it's hosted by my friend Douglas Arthur. And he gets a, a, a couple other, you know, he gets myself and a couple other guys on. He calls us uh, the Gooch Squad. I believe that stands for Gang of Occasional, uh, Gang of Occasional Guest Hosts, or uh, Co-Host, that's it. Gooch. He calls us the Gooch Squad. And we got together to talk about filmmaker George Romero, who had just passed away fairly recently. And uh, so we talked about Night of the Living Dead, which is, you know, he practically invented the whole zombie canon. And uh, we talked about that. We talked about some other movies that he did. And Douglas said he had enough material to split it into two podcasts, uh, which he, he did. Now, both of them are up. I will link to them so that, uh, so that you can check them out. Uh, there's that there I got that bit of housekeeping or is that plug plugging I don't know what the hip podcasters say anyway the other podcast I was on is called uh, a topic a month and it's hosted by Aiden Briggs he uh, he's he listens to the show and again there's no accounting for taste uh, <laughs> I'm, no, I'm glad they listen um, he listens to this, and he thought it would be nice to have me on the show because he wanted to talk. Uh, the, the topic for that month was uh, was uh, conspiracy theories, and he wanted to have me on, and the two of us would talk conspiracy theories. Now, neither of us are psychologists. We're not experts on you know people's brains and the way they think and stuff like that, but we're both skeptics, and he wanted to have a skeptic that like me on the show and so I did uh, um, he's he's actually up there in Duluth up north there where all the people kind of talk like they're in the Fargo movie and uh, although he didn't he doesn't talk that way so I guess not all of them 
Uh, and so we talked for about an hour, and that's up. So I'll link to that, too. Uh, I wanted to make sure that I didn't forget to mention those shows. Um, let me take a look at my timing. Yeah, we're still good. Uh, so, yeah, check them out. I'll put them in the show notes. And you can get to the show notes by going to dimland.com and clicking on the blog option. And then you'll find the show notes. Uh, and They'll have all the links, if I remember to get them all in there, of the stuff that I talked about on the show. Okay. What I was starting to say about this kind of a tough week, and not that, that's not quite the, quite the right word, disappointing week that uh, we ha- in the Minnesota Skeptics had. And then it's a tough week for some other people. Uh, you know, much you know, for us, it's just a kind of a bummer, maybe a maybe a little inconvenience. But for the for, for some more directly involved people, uh, it's it's it was a tough week. What happened? Okay, uh, each month, second Thursday of the month, the Minnesota Skeptics uh, uh, have a meetup in Minneapolis. Uh, we we start off by going to a little deli called uh, Bewitched, which is down, it's in downtown Minneapolis in the what they call the North Loop of downtown Minneapolis. It's right next to the warehouse district. And, and uh, so we head there second Thursday uh, every month at 5 o'clock in the evening, central time. So, hey, if you're in Minneapolis and you want to meet up with a bunch of skeptics, well, why not go to Bewitched? And, and we love the people at Bewitched. They're great. They treat us well. Uh, they put on some sort of a meal special every second Thursday that's just dedicated to us. Uh, 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 the I think it's either the manager or the owner of the deli will uh, post a notice on the Facebook page for the, the for the for the Minnesota Skeptics or on our meetup page or whichever you know, or both will post that uh, there's this special. Uh, and when we had our 200th event, and I say our, you know, I've only been going for about a year and a half. It's, I, you know, I'm still a fairly newbie, but uh, I guess I'm starting to blend in. There, some of them are getting used to me. Anyway, um, when the 200th event took place last month, they, you know, the uh, the person that puts up the meal deals, she did she did a deal for uh, that thing for something nice to eat and. Tallboy beers, I don't know, Tallboys, I don't know what brand of beer it was, but uh, um, uh, Tallboys, which I guess are 16-ounce cans, is, or no, is that right, 20-ounce cans, 16-ounce cans, yeah, because a can is what, 12 ounces? So 16-ounce cans, uh, I think, uh, for for two, 200 pennies, which is $2, you know, just wanted to do the math for you, just in case. And that's great, we love that, and we found this out. I think not all that long ago, at least I did, it seemed like um, they had explained to us that, you know, or somebody had mentioned to us that works there, that normally they close at 6 o'clock. Now, our meetup starts at 5, or you, and you can wander in any time you know, after 5. Uh, I usually get there by about quarter after 6 or thereabouts. And uh, we, we hang out at Bewitched until 8 o'clock. And then we head to somewhere else. Uh, that's that's where I got to talk about later. Uh, we found out that they close at six o'clock, but on that second Thursday, they stay open till eight for us. We, that's great. We love those guys. So, um, so when this 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 news broke, we part of what uh, bothered uh, Craig. And, and myself, and I'm sure others in the Minnesota skeptics that we started talking about this and what are we going to do, uh, was that, gee, we don't, we don't want to take our business from Bewitched. We, we need to keep it there. Well, 
what was the the shattering news what was it well i'll tell you <laughs> when i come back from this break just just sit tight i i will come back you're listening to dimland radio on the ztalk radio network at ztalkradio.com Do you believe in ghosts? Do you think Bigfoot is real? Do you suspect that your neighbor is really Valtor, leader of the lizard people of Bendar 3? Well, Dr. Dim doesn't, and he'll tell you why when you tune in to Dimland Radio Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern on Talk Radio Network. It's an hour of science promotion, pop culture rants, personal observation, and of course, skepticism. Join Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, for Dimland Radio on Talk Radio Network. Hey, I almost forgot. It's it's time for It's quiz time on Dimland Radio. Everybody got your pens ready? Okay, I'm going to ask you a question here. It's a multiple choice answer. Uh, can you name the person who said this? That's why I don't eat friggin' lobster or anything like that because they're alive when you kill it. Was that A, Mahatma Gandhi? B. Jane Goodall C. Albert Einstein or D. Snooky This has been Quiz Time on Dimland Radio. This is Danny Potts from the Kentucky Ghost Chasers, and you're listening to Z Talk Radio. Dimland Radio on the Z Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Okay, um, so Tuesday morning, uh, Craig sends me a private message 
was a link to an article in the weekly newspaper, City Pages. Now, I think City Pages is probably in other cities around uh, around the states, but uh, it's in here in Minneapolis and St. Paul, and uh, it's a free weekly paper. And there was a story in there about uh, the owner of the uh, nightclub bar called uh, Club Jaeger, or Clubhouse Jaeger, but Club Jaeger. Club Jaeger happens to be the place that the Minnesota skeptics head to after we have our, if we have something to eat at, uh, at Bewitched. And uh, then we, at 8 o'clock, we all get up and head on over to, um, head over to Club Jaeger, which is just a couple blocks away. And I guess the group has been doing that for something like six or seven years, maybe more. Uh, I've been doing it for about a year and a half, like I said. And it's a nice place, uh, especially during the warmer months. There's a nice big patio out back, and uh, we can get to, we can get this area with the, we all sit, and we can almost hear each other when we're talking. Uh, and, uh, and, and there's a back room for the colder months that may not be huge, but can accommodate us. And, and uh, we, you know, we get our into our conversations and and have uh, you know uh, have our contests to see who can doubt things the most because you know that's what we skeptics do we just doubt everything right anyway well <clears throat> the owner of uh, Club Jaeger a fellow named Julius De Roma it turns out had donated some money to a senatorial campaign of one David. Duke. Yes, that's right. David Duke. You know, the guy that came in, uh, uh, became famous in the 1980s as the Grand Poobah of some chapter of the, the Ku Klux Klan. He, he's, you know, he's an anti-Semite and a racist and a white supremacist guy. You know, you remember him? Well, he's, he's never quite disappeared. He's always, he still hovers off there at the fringes, but with a certain someone in office now, uh, there's a certain emboldening of the fringe, but the fringe, is, they're still the fringe. The neo-Nazis and the skinheads and the, you know, these people, they're still the fringe. They still are. The, the, well, I'll, I'll get to that, uh, or I'll touch on that as I talk here. Well, he donated $500 to the senatorial campaign for David Duke uh, f uh, for the year 2016, so it's just recently. Now, had we found out that he donated money to President Trump, I'm sure there would be members of uh, the Minnesota, uh, Minnesota Skeptics Group that would say, you know, maybe we should find a different place. I don't know if I like the idea of my money going to a guy that's going to support Trump. And it, and it does turn out that he, he did send some money to Trump's campaign, and he sent money to Republican campaigns and to Libertarian campaigns. Uh, so th there is that. Uh, but Craig was feverishly that morning trying to f nail down that story because there was some suggestion that maybe City Pages might not be the best news source, but they're not bad. We should. I shouldn't. I don't want to knock him, but there was just. Eh, I think Craig, being a skeptic, wanted to nail it down, and well, he did. And by the next day, the WCCO News, uh, the CBS television affiliate news station here, 
uh, was reporting that uh, that the that De Roma had said, "Well, it's a it's a matter of free speech," which is true. He has a right, his right to give money to whatever campaign he wants to give money to. But there's going to be some consequences. You know, there's going to be something because, you know, like I said, there would be some of us who might have problems. Uh, some of the group that might have problems frequenting a an establishment that is, that supports conservatives, but a, a racist, none of us. There was no there was nobody saying, well, you know, maybe no. There was none of that. There was concern that you know there are people that work at the place because we never, at least I never did in the time I was there, got any kind of an inkling that the staff were of that mindset. Uh, they all, you know, there was, you know, one bartender's kind of gruff, but maybe that's just the way she is. And but there's this other dude that uh, who, you know, would pick up our glasses and get us drinks if we needed them when we were out in the patio, and he'd bring out our food and that. And he was super. He's just really nice guy and joked along with us and just great. And other people were somewhere in between, somewhere in between the gruff lady and the and the super dude, you know. And so uh, we never. I never got that vibe. Uh, there is something from 2008. There was a blog piece where the place did harbor have some patrons that would be of the, the skinhead Nazi variety, and they would do. They wouldn't be too kind to the Jewish folks that might be showing up there, and there were some altercations. And they didn't seem to pay any heavy price for the altercations. It seemed the 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 owner. Jeroma and a manager they had at the time would would vouch for the guys. Oh, they're not that bad. That kind of thing, I think. And so, but that's that's well, that's 2008, and I just so I'll I'll link to all that so you can read all about this stuff. So we just decided. Uh, Craig said, "Well, it's true. The guy did that. There's no way we're gonna." You know, it's it's too bad that the people that work there, uh, we can't. You know, they're going to miss the tips that we would leave, and and just working, uh, having business. Uh, sorry, but we just can't. And uh, within a day or two of the story breaking, half of the about twenty people they have it on staff, half of them quit. And then Thursday night, at the end of the shift, the other half quit. So the entire staff walked out on this guy. Uh, there were DJs and bands that would be booked into place. Uh, the, the DJs were saying, we're not going to do it. There was one DJ that said that, well, I'll still play there because he didn't want to take work away from the employees. But but now, you know, the employees made that decision for him that he didn't have to even worry about it. And that, like I said, that was a concern that we had, but... Um, Really, it's just it's just uh, we just can't, and that's and that's part of the example that that these guys are still the fringe. They just may be a little emboldened now, but most of us are looking at them and saying, "No, we're not going with you guys. No, that's not flying." And and you know, yeah, yep, you have the freedom to uh, donate five hundred dollars to David Duke if you want. But we are exercising our freedoms to not, you know, patron patronize your business, and you're going to lose a lot of revenue. And he owns this guy owns other businesses or buildings or around uh, Minneapolis, I guess. One of them has a theater in it, and they're 
wondering what to do. It's a, you know, it's it's yeah. So I, I think we've all done the made the right decision. Craig found another place for us. We're going to try it out next week when we go, and uh, we're going to see how that works. So good work, Craig, <laughs> on that. Uh, there were other people that made suggestions of other places that uh, are in the area, but uh, we'll check this one out, see what it's like. Uh, who knows what's going to happen with Club Jaeger? Uh, you got nobody working there. Who knows? So I tell you, it's. Uh, you know, you're messing with stuff. And you run down that racist line. And we're not going to tolerate it. So, all right. Anyway, that's kind of, you know, a bummer for us. Because we like the place, generally. we like And we like the people there. But uh, it's, it's, it's tougher for the, the people that had to, had to quit their jobs. Um, yeah, so uh, a GoFundMe site was set up. Uh, it met its goal, so it's 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 closed now. But that uh, was set up for to get some money for these people that are quitting. Um, seemed like a pretty modest goal, but uh, you know the money was up to nineteen grand, nineteen hundred dollars, nineteen hundred dollars. That seems kind of modest to me, but uh, me, I don't know. Uh, well, okay, let's. Uh, Let's let's clear the palette, shall we? Uh, let's have one of these. And now it's time for a Dimland Radio pedantic moment. Yeah, this ought to be good. Well, let's see if it is. I blogged about this at uh, Warehouse Find, which is the official blog for Nostalgia Zone, which is that comic book store that I work for. In you know one of my many jobs, <laughs> and uh, although I like doing the blog, uh, well I work with, like working for the comic book store too. I don't want Dave thinking I don't like working. It. I do. I like doing the comic book stuff. It's kind of relaxing. Go through it, and I see some neat covers, and and uh, you know it's nice to see some comic books, and it's like oh that's a cool one. You know, yeah, you know I'm a comic book guy, even though I don't buy too many of them anymore. Um, but um, it dawned on me. <laughs> Something about uh, to the Twilight Zone. S uh, there was uh, somebody posted. Uh, let's let's say that an alien race comes here, and you know what what would be the five questions you'd ask them, or you know, and we or, or help us come up with five questions to ask them or something. And people were throwing in ideas, and some of us were putting in jokes. I put in a joke because that's what I do on Facebook. I I do a bit of joking, and. Uh, my joke was, um, well, here's what I'll give you the setup. Now, there's lots of very memorable episodes of The Twilight Zone. It was a classic television uh, show. Uh, it was legendary. It was awesome. Uh, you know, groundbreaking. Absolutely, Rod Serling was was a brilliant writer, and the show would sneak in under the guise of, of science fiction, would sneak in uh, um, some commentary on society. It would sneak this stuff in. And much of the audience might not even realize that these, these sensitive issues were being brought up. They just were watching this cool show called The Twilight Zone. And... Um, 
so there's lots of really cool episodes. And the one in particular that I think this, this one might be, and I could be wrong, but this one might be the most memorable of all the episodes. Yes, there's the William Shatner one with the, the thing on the plane, uh, on the wing of the plane that's tearing it apart. There's that one, which is, that one's pretty high up there. And there's the one with the kid that uh, played by Billy Moomy who could wish people into the cornfield. And there's, there's, there's you know, Burgess Meredith is the guy that hates people, loves books, and he wishes he just could read books and just have time to read books but these people keep getting in his way and then there's a nuclear attack and he survives it and he's in the he was in the basement of a library and that somehow he survived on there and he comes out and he realizes he's alone and he's got all these books and he's oh this is great and then he stumbles his glasses fall off and they break and now he can't read and there's no one around to fix his glasses you know classic rod serling twist kind of stuff well the one i thought of is to serve man. The episode where this uh, super intelligent race comes from a planet far away. They're they're giants. They're nine feet tall. They're all played by Richard Keel, uh, the guy who played Jaws in the in uh, the in the Spy Who Loved Me, the James Bond film, and he also played Jaws in uh, uh, Moonraker, the the one that followed up. And uh, that's the guy with the chrome teeth thing. And so he plays the character, but he doesn't do the voice. Uh, uh, an actor named Joseph uh, Ruskin, I think it is, does the voice. And Joseph Ruskin's been in all kinds of stuff. If you saw him, you say, oh, that guy. Um, they come to Earth, and they, they have a way... They have ways, we're going to make... Uh, uh, you're going to be able to stop famine and end poverty, and you're going to end the suffering and end diseases, and we can put an end to war, and all this, it's just going to be great. And, and you get to come back to our planets for a fun-filled adventure on another world. And it's great. And the, and the guy... Now, I'm just spoiling the whole episode for you, and I'm also spoiling my blog, but what are you going to do? The, the guy, the representative from the planet, he leaves behind a book. Leaves behind a book that's written in their language. First of all, <laughs> they, hand, they hand the book over to a, a decoder guy. Uh, it's not a code. It's not a known language that you're breaking a code. It's, it's a completely unknown language. There's no way you'd be able to translate it. You would need a Rosetta Stone. You would need something that says, okay, here's a few words in one language that you know, and here's a few words, those same words, in our language. And then doing that, you can start to figure out what everything means. That's what they needed. But they didn't have that. Well, okay, they'd translate the title of the book, To Serve Man. And, and it's great. <laughs> oh, see, they want to serve us. This is going to be awesome. Let's go to their planet. And their people are lining up to get on the spaceship. And they're talking about all the great things that they're hearing about they can do there. And they, these friendly aliens, oh, come along, come along. And the guy who broke the code of the book, or, 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 or was the code, the guy that they brought it to, he didn't actually, you know, his team kind of came up with the title. They, they managed to break that, but they didn't get the rest of the book yet. And his assistant... Is she's kept working on it, even though, why do we need to work on it? We love these guys. This is going to be great. So he's going to go for his idyllic trip. And he's just boarding the spaceship. He's on the gangplank. He's walking up. And the, his assistant comes running out saying, Don't get on the ship. We've translated the book. It's a cookbook. <laughs> so, I mean, classic 
classic Rod Serling twist, right? Well, okay. So the person on Facebook asks, what questions would you ask aliens? And my question was, why would you bring a cookbook spelling out all the recipes of what you could do with human flesh? Why would you give us that book? That don't make no sense. Sorry. Um, okay, so three cool things. Uh, here's one cool thing, and it's... Uh, I have to just kind of give you the outline of this. Um, you remember the satanic panic that took place in the 1990s? There was... Just, kids were, were being not intentionally coached, but they were being coached subtly, coached into telling bigger and bigger stories about terrible abuse being suffered at daycares across the country that there were there were there were satanic cults that were running daycares and they would bring the kids through and they they'd lop off their heads and they'd have they force them to do all sorts of sexual things and there'd, there'd be all kinds of terrible terrible things and people once the word got out people would be you know the people who ran these daycares with their lives were ruined and there were two people in particular Dan and Fran Keller they spent 21 years in prison for this during this satanic panic, stemming from this stuff in the satanic panic. Well, they just recently uh, were released from prison uh, and 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 declared cleared of charges, and they will receive 3.4 million dollars for having been wrongfully imprisoned. I mean, they had gotten out and they had been out for a while and they were trying to clear their names because they can't they can't get jobs, they got a criminal record, they can't, you know, and they're both um uh, Fran is 67 and Dan is uh, Dan is uh, 75. They they you know, they're they're just living hand to mouth and just on the edge of destitution and their lawyers who their lawyer Keith Hampton who charged them you know, no charge, pro bono work with them, um, finally won this settlement of $3.4 million. There is one thing I need to read to you that was in this article that's on uh, My Statesman. I'll link to it. Uh, that's telling the story. There's a um, the, the county in which they were, and I think, is this in Texas, I think? Uh, the county is called Travis County. Uh, I think it's in Texas. Hmm... Well, it doesn't matter. Um, I'll correct it if I can in the show notes or confirm it if I can. But it's in Travis County, right? So that's the, the prosecutors from Travis County. Uh, it says here, th listen to this paragraph. Travis County prosecutors, however, had pushed back, arguing that the Kellers failed to provide sufficient proof of innocence, such as an ironclad alibi or DNA evidence. Someone needs to explain to the prosecutors of Travis County that the legal standard in the United States is innocent until proven guilty. The Kellers didn't have to; did they didn't have to uh, present a single piece of evidence if they didn't if their if their defense didn't want them to, or if they decided not to. They wouldn't have to open their mouths. They wouldn't have to do anything. The burden of proof is on the state. So I just that I read that that's got to be the most ludicrous thing I've ever heard. Is that that's that's overzealous prosecutors there that forget innocent until proven guilty. Okay, number two of the cool things of this week. 
Uh, I found a, a page on the Associated Press website. It's called Not Real News, uh, a look at what didn't happen this week. I'll link to that. That's cool. That's where they're doing their bit to combat all the uh, all the fake news that has been coming up. Uh, these websites that these satire sites. They well, we're satire. We're satire. We're just. But you know, most people don't. They, they look. It looks like legit story and it might sound like a legit thing like uh world news daily report sounds fairly legit doesn't it but it's a complete bullshit site don't share anything from them ever don't ever not ever don't ever you understand me and <laughs> so that's cool so they will go through a list of stuff that that was found on the internet that week and this isn't true and they'll source it and all that kind of stuff and number one uh, it, a cool thing that did happen is that uh, the Minnesota skeptics and the employees uh, of uh, Club Jaeger and uh, DJs that play there and bands that play there, I think they all took the right stance in, in saying, we're not going to support you. Fine, you have the right to free speech. Fine, you can give money to whomever you want, but we're taking our business elsewhere or we're going to work for somebody else. Uh, it's I, I, you know, I think that's pretty cool. Uh, it's sad and it's strange that it would have to, this kind of thing would happen today, but well, it does. We're still human beings. We're not perfect. So I hope that you've had at least three cool things happen to you this week. Good night, doctor. Good night, Frau Blucher. Oh, made it to the end of another show. Uh, be skeptical and extraordinary claims require extraordinary, extraordinary evidence. Uh, I have new tires on my car. Watch those curbs. Uh, this is your host, Dim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. This has been Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network. And I'm reminding everybody out there to sleep with the lights off. And yeah, watch those curbs because they'll, they'll do a number on you. check out my show notes at dimland.com just click on the blog option and you can email your questions and comments to dr dim at dimland.com that's d r d i m at dimland.com and the opening theme song ram is by theolius and is used with permission Production of the Z Talk Radio Network. And now a message to our competitors. Thanks. Thanks for, for tuning us in. My life, you're clever, Dim. It's certainly taken me in. What?
What? What? What? Well, I'm going to hell.